Good morning. Thank you so much. That was precious. How are you all doing? At least it's warm in here, cold outside, warm in here. There's an enormous gap here. Please feel forward. Please feel to move forward. I know people um, feel comfortable in certain places around the building. So, so this morning, as we journey together in this series on holy and whole, today's theme is hearing the voice of God, such a valuable key and tool that the Father gives to all his children. And as part of this family, you will know how highly we value the prophetic and how it's integral to all we are at St. Matthew's and it runs through everything we do for our personal walks with the Lord and also corporately as we come to worship, but also as we listen to God through both his written and spoken word in all areas of church life, for vision, for strategy, our focus and direction, for guidance and including guiding our prayers, intentionally positioning ourselves and listening to hear God's voice. It's part of our day-to-day and it's part of our DNA. And I recognise, we recognise that when uh, it comes to the word prophetic, um, in the room there will be a wide range of um, understandings and experiences of hearing God's voice. And we've previously taught this as a workshop, or workshops, but when we met uh, at the end of last term with Tim and Jen and seeking God for what he had for this year, we felt led that this should be a preach rather than just workshops. Uh, We will, however, follow it up with workshops, especially for those for whom this is new or newer, and also because we don't have time this morning to cover it in such depth. I feel like this is going to be the length of a long-distance run at the speed of a sprint, okay? So all I can say is buckle up, and um, you know, like when you have a WhatsApp message that comes in and you can put it on fast... I think a lot of people do that when I send voice messages because they can be quite detailed. Um, But this one, you're going to need to do it in reverse, maybe. You're going to need to play me back slower. I'll try not to get too fast, but I am excited. I'm so excited this morning with what the Lord is going to do and he's going to unlock this morning. As I say, hearing from God is so key in our relationship with God and our journey to become holy and whole. And it's not only precious And it's important. It's our birthright as a child of God because the Lord loves to communicate his heart to us and he's given us the tools to hear him speak. And so today we're going to learn more about the prophetic voice of God and how to listen to God's voice. It's such a beautiful gift from the Lord that he speaks to us. And so it's important that we focus on him as the giver of the gift, not the gift alone, as amazing as the gift is. And for all of us in our relationship and knowledge of God, that is key. So today's passage, Psalm 139, so turn to in your Bibles or your phones or however you, um, uh, oh, there's pew Bibles, it'll be up on the screens. This passage today outlines many of the attributes of God's characteristics and the way he thinks and interrelates with us. So I'm going to read from Psalm 139 verses 1 to 3 and then I'm going to jump down to verse 13 to 18. And it says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works and that my soul knows very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts towards me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number, they would more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This is a precious passage of love and affirmation of God to us. And just some of his characteristic and attributes, the one that we're focusing on today, our Father that we have relationship with, who wrote about us in the book, who created us, who formed us wonderfully. Did you hear that? He made you wonderfully. You are wonderfully made. Who searches for us. He knows us, understands our thoughts, is acquainted with all our ways, comprehends our path. He leads us, holds us, covers us, protects us. His presence is everywhere. We can't hide. His thoughts towards us are precious and he knows us so well, whether we are sitting, lying, awake or asleep. Wow. What an honour we have to get to worship and have relationship with a God, with a God, as the God, but with a God who wants that level of relationship and to speak to us. The creator of the world, the king of kings, wants to talk to us. That's all of us. That's you. Can you just say, that's me? Okay, that's me. Take that on this morning. He wants to talk to you. I love the prophetic, in case you hadn't caught that by now. In a world where there's so much going on and there's so much noise and so many voices, it's the best thing to hear from our creator. And it's a special and amazing relationship with the Trinity. And it definitely helps us gain perspective. The prophetic is the father speaking, love, life, joy, words of identity and affirmation. It's hearing his heart for us and it's encouraging, releasing, life-giving, faith-building and fruitful. And it's one of the many ways that the father shares his love for us, his thoughts and his intentions, his guidance. It's communication with God as he speaks to us, hearing God for ourselves in our relationship with him and God revealing his love for us, hearing the heart of God and him revealing his plans and purposes for us. Can I just say on that, it's guidance, his plans and purposes. It's not fortune telling and he is not a crystal ball. Okay, let's just make that clear. He guides us, but it's not like fortune telling. So who's it for? Who can prophesy? Well, today we're not referring to being a prophet, but where the Bible says that prophecy and hearing the voice of God for ourselves is for everyone. Joel writes what he hears Joel in uh, Joel chapter 2 writes what he hears God saying about God's spirit being poured out. And he says in verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Okay? Your sons and daughters shall hear him. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And then Paul records this again in Acts 2. And he adds... And on my maidservants and 
and my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall all prophesy. So the Bible says, all will prophesy. All will hear the voice of God. You say that? All will hear the voice of God. That's all of us. And 1 Corinthians 14 says, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all will be encouraged. Now you may ask the question, am I able to prophesy? Am I able to hear the voice of God? Yes, yes, yes. It is definitely for you. God thinks about us constantly. His thoughts are like grains of sand and he wants to communicate those thoughts. Now, for some people, this will be new. And you may feel, I don't really hear from God and others will hear from God a lot. It's a wonderful gift from him. But please don't feel less if you don't hear or you hear a small amount because God wants to train you to hear him. It's an act of the will and we need to set aside time and make a time for relationship and listening. And here we are and this is what God is going to do this morning. God wants to speak to all of us. The question is, are we listening or are we believing we can hear him? Now, some of us, because of our upbringing, background, or experience, believe that God will only speak to a certain few. We may need to have a shift or even change our mindset to recognize that it's God's plan for all of us to hear him and to believe what God wants to do here. Changing our mindset to being heavenly minded is key to everything because our mindsets determine everything. And at times, often many times, prevent us from receiving all that God has for us. So we have to let go of that mindset, that old identity, and take on the new one. We're on earth, but we're citizens of heaven. And we won't fulfill our earthly destiny. Yeah, we won't fulfill our destiny with an earthly mindset. We need to think like a citizen of heaven. And it's the transformed mind that shifts from one's own thinking to God's thinking. And so I encourage us all today to have this mindset, to get to know him and do all we can to get to know him and his characteristics. Have a passion to embrace him and let him awaken what needs to be awakened to grow in this with him. We need to set aside anything that blocks us from hearing God. And we need to dismantle and renounce the lie that says, can I hear God right now? Or God does not speak to me. Or I do not hear the voice of God and pick up the tools to unlocking God speaking. God speaks to every single person because the Bible says so. So I felt it was right to pause just here and just do a little bit of ministry, just to break off anything where we have partnered with a lie that says we can't hear God so that we can be released today to, to hear God. And that's, I know there are people who do hear God that even question, am I hearing God? So are you okay if we do this? So I'll say it and if you repeat it, if you're happy to repeat it and let's, let's just get rid of some stuff here. So if you can repeat after me, Father God, I'm sorry for any and every way. I have believed a lie about the prophetic and whether I can hear your voice. I ask your forgiveness. I thank you for the precious gift of hearing your voice. 
And today, I choose to believe that you speak to me. And I can hear you. I ask that you would awaken this in me today. Please open the eyes of my heart as I incline my ear to hear your whisper. Amen. Right, are you ready to hear? I'm so excited for today. So the purpose of this preach is to encourage all of us at whatever stage we're at with the prophetic so that we hear God more, or if this is new to you, that you begin to hear God's voice for yourself. And the aim, as I've said, is that you'll be able to pick up the tools that we share so that you can go away and hear the voice of God every single day of your life for yourself. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. These words of Jesus outline so clearly his desire for relationship and that he speaks to us. He's knocking at the door, but he's also speaking, if you hear my voice. God is speaking to us no matter what we do. It's not determined by if we pray, if we read our Bible or do good things, if we do this or that, although this really helps and I'll come back to that in a minute. But God speaks regardless because he's, he's loving and gracious. How do we know this? Well, we see it in the Bible. He spoke to Adam after the fall and he spoke to Cain who had murdered. Hmm, can't get much worse than either of those two. So we might question ourselves, but God speaks to us. And whilst God is speaking to us, as I've said, is not determined by what we do and how much you read the Bible or spend time with him, a lifestyle of relationship and connection is, with God is really key. The more we spend in relationship and connecting with God, the more we know God. The closer we are, the more that we'll know him and hear his voice. And if we want to hear God more, we need to spend time with him. God loves to communicate. This passage today says just how much God is having thousands of thoughts about us all the time. As the psalmist David wrote, how precious also are your thoughts to me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And living on an island, we all know just how many sand grains can get everywhere. I encourage you at some point, pick up a handful of sand and think of God's thoughts to you but the, it says will be would be more in number than the sand a scientist once got a handful of sand and counted the pieces that <laughs> yes and it was like 10,000 grains of sand so that's like 10,000 thoughts towards us in one handful imagine then a beach all the beaches of the world and the deserts that's a lot of thoughts to you. I'll leave you to pause and think of that. God is constantly speaking words of love and affirmation about his love for us, our identity, our calling, who we are and who he created us to be. Positive words towards us. And if we can begin to 
understand even a fraction of those thoughts, we're going to be changed forever. We need to hear those thoughts. And if we can begin to hear and understand those thoughts, it will spill into all areas of our lives so that we know who we are and whose we are. And then when God speaks to us, we respond because we're so used to hearing his voice. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue the gift, honour it, and honour his voice, and don't let the words drop. Pursue the giver first, but also pursue the gift. We honour God when we take time to listen. And it's about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, not just his presence. The kingdom of heaven is here. John the Baptist pointed to Jesus when he, and said, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added. Gifts and gifting are limited, but Jesus isn't. Seek Jesus and all these things will be added. It's not just about our gifting and anointing. It's about Jesus. He's the one that we are focusing on. We need to realise the value and significance of the relationship with God, being close to the Father, walking alongside and hearing his voice. God designed us as his children. In Matthew 18, Jesus makes it so clear that we need to come like children to see the kingdom. We often complicate things. Children don't tend to have a filter of the past and their hurts as, as we do as adults. And they don't tend to let the mind stop the heart responding or the connection with the heart. If we engage our minds too much, we can miss the heart. And so we need to do all we can not to hinder or filter out the messages and thoughts from the Lord get into our hearts by rationalizing our thoughts. God wants our hearts and he calls us to be childlike. Having said that, don't bypass the brain, but don't let the brain be a smokescreen to what God is saying. As I said, the question is, are we listening and do we know who we are listening to? In John 10, 27, those of you who have been following the 365 Bible readings, you'll, you'll see some of these coming up through here. In John 10, sorry, 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Well, we need to listen and hear his voice. I haven't always heard from God in the way I do, but I hear from God because I have chosen a lifestyle of abiding with him and to position and posture myself to be with Jesus to get to know him in his heart and to listen. Hearing his voice develops as we get to know him and his voice. And for me, it's become so part of me, it's, it's often like just having an earpiece in my ear. Then we can recognise, when we know him, we can recognise that it's him speaking, even while we're doing other things or even during conversations. To know it, God personally. It's not so much about what he can do, but the characteristics and personality of the person that we're sharing life with. You may also need to spend more time getting to know him so that you know the voice of God and can distinguish it. Ask him to show you his heart. It's a big way of getting to know him. So how does God speak to his people? Well, broadly, it's the logos, the written, and the rhema, the spoken word. God speaks through prophets, those called and gifted by God for this role, and through prophetic people, those gifted with the gift of prophecy. And he also speaks through the prophetic, hearing the voice of God, which is for everybody. And today we're focusing on that, hearing the voice of God for ourselves and tuning into his voice as he speaks to us, those precious thoughts, as the passage says. 
So as I said, God speaks through the Logos, the word of God, and this is key. God speaks through his word. He speaks through Bible stories. Jesus talks about how we read, we read the Bible to meet him, to have an encounter with him. Now, some Christians are sometimes hesitant in using their imaginations, but our imaginations are God-given. They are a God-given gift that predisposes us to be able to enter into spiritual flow. That says everything needs to line up with the Bible and the word of God. If it's contrary to this, it's not the word of God. If you hear something that doesn't line up with this, it's not. This is like the, um, um, what do you do when you take a driving test? Your highway code. Yeah, this is your highway code manual. The rhema, the audible still voice of God. The small voice in our thoughts that we need to tap in to listen to God and his flow and get our antennae up to hear him. God also speaks through visions, dreams, angels, natural things that speak of the supernatural, just like Phil was saying at the start of the service. God speaks through a natural thing of a rainbow. He speaks to us. He speaks through the power of a thunderstorm. He speaks to us. Physical senses in our bodies, inner knowings and words of knowledge, um, wisdom and discernment. He speaks to you through the peace of God. Now that's that the peace of God is peace in our spirit, not in our soul. We can have peace about something that we feel we want to do that isn't right. We can also not feel at peace about something in our soul because God's calling us to do something we don't really want to do. But that's peace in our spirit. In all of this, if any prophecy contradicts God's love or is not saturated with the love of God, John 16 is a really good passage to put as a plumb line, then it's not from God. He, the Holy Spirit too speaks, speaks through the, the word of God. So what does the rhema, the spoken voice of God, sound like? Well, it would be easy and straightforward if it was as simple as a booming voice prefaced with, thus says the Lord. Yeah, We imagine when God speaks, it's the unmistakable booming voice from above. We assume that it comes absolutely clearly with no shadow of a doubt. And sometimes God does speak to us in, in an audible voice. However, God speaks in a variety of ways. And it's often that quiet, still voice that we hear in our hearts or, or our heads. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah thought God was going to speak through the wind. And he didn't. He thought he was going to speak through the earthquake. And he didn't. And he spoke, the Lord spoke in a small, still small voice. God showed Elijah that his presence was to be found in a gentle whisper. Something that we can easily miss if we're not waiting for God. God often whispers to us, so we have to lean in closer to him to hear. But he wants us to be attentive in our relationship with him, to know the voice we hear and to know the voice of God. So how do we know whether the thought in our head is from God or not? Well, there are three sources of our thoughts, myself, God, and the enemy. And we can differentiate the sources of thoughts by examining the nature of the content of the thought. If it's kind, loving, encouraging, positive, inspirational, wise, healing, etc., etc., then it is God. If it's vicious, destructive, negative, accusing, condemning, then it's the enemy. If it's logical and analytical, it's probably us. <laughs> and I have found from experience that even when the Lord contradicts, um, even when the Lord corrects, sorry, 
he does it in a gentle and gracious way. Firm, but gentle and gracious. It's not condemning. The nature of our thoughts will line up with the nature of the source. God speaks through our thoughts, but the enemy tries to plant negativity in our minds. He sends what we can call destructive flashes, a sudden destructive, evil or vile thought that jumps into your head. It tells you to sin and you don't know where that thought came from. Well, the good news is it probably isn't you. It was the enemy firing a dart at you, trying to see if you will take this thought on. There's a Chinese proverb that says, you can't stop birds flying over your head, but you can stop them nesting in your hair. And Paul outlines this when speaking about spiritual war in 2 Corinthians. And he says to take captive our thoughts, because if they don't originate from God, they originate from the enemy. We know what Satan is like. He is called the accuser, the father of lies, the adversary, the enemy, the condemner. He condemns. John 10.10 says he's like a a thief that comes only to steal, kill and destroy. The Holy Spirit, on the other hand, is the comforter, the convincer, the edifier, the exhorter, the encourager. And he is the spirit of truth. He moves and speaks gently and patiently with great mercy and a desire to comfort. He brings life. And he can give us creative flashes as opposed to the destructive flashes. A sudden, brilliant solution to a perplexing problem just pops into your head. And you thought you were the genius. Well, maybe you are, but that probably came from God. I love those creative flashes. I think they're just amazing, the solution to problems. Thoughts from God will, will, as I've said, line up with scripture and what we know of the character of God. And this is why our relationship with God is so important, so that we know him and his nature and we know his voice and what he is likely to say. When it comes to hearing the voice of God, we learn a really helpful set of keys or tools for hearing God's voice based on the teaching by Mark Verkler, a Baptist pastor who was determined and logical to the extreme. He spent a year trying to hear the voice of God and he finally hit on four keys that God showed him from the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2, 1 to 2 says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch and see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Or another version says, I will stand at my guard post and I will keep watch and see what the Lord will speak to me. And then the Lord said, record the vision. These contain the four keys to hearing the voice of God in four steps. Step one, where it says, stand at the guard post and get in position. That is us quieting ourselves down and being physically still. Step two, keep watch and see. That's us fixing our eyes on Jesus. Step three, when it says in the passage, what he will speak to me. Well, that is us tuning into the spontaneous flow of God and what he's, what he's saying with his thoughts towards us. And step four, record the vision. That's us writing it down. So let's just look in at each step in a little bit more depth. Key one, to quieten ourselves down, to hear God's voice, particularly when life is noisy. And I don't just mean the noise around us. I mean also in our minds with busyness. We need to come into his presence and become quiet within ourselves. 
Psalm 46 says in verse 10, be still and know that I'm God. Habakkuk went to the guard post to pray. Jesus would go and pray in the early morning when it was still dark. And after a day's ministry, he would drew up a mountain to pray. If Jesus, who was the son of God, needed to withdraw to pray and be quiet, that even more so, we need to do so. To cultivate internal quiet, it helps to have external quiet. To remove noise and distractions in our surroundings. If you're someone who's quite administrative and things come into your mind, keep a notebook there and just write down the things or the tasks that come to your mind before you start trying to have this time with God to hear his voice, just so you can get rid of all the things that could distract you. Key number two, fix our eyes on Jesus. The Bible tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's in Hebrews. It may help to have a picture of Jesus from a part of scripture to help you fix your eyes on Jesus. Think of him walking, um, fishing with his disciples, healing people, performing miracles, stopping for the one like Zacchaeus. Uh, Thinking of the woman at the well. For me personally, seeing Jesus on the cross isn't a helpful picture for me to have when I'm trying to fix my eyes on him and then hear him because my heart gets too sad with what happened. So think of Jesus doing things before he, he went to the cross would be my tip. But the Bible, a Bible story can be a good starting point. And then tune into him, the spontaneous flow of his spirit. This is when we look up and we listen. How do we do that? Well, we use the eyes of our hearts. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. The eyes of our heart are how we see spiritual things, a vision or a picture. And the more you practice using the eyes of your heart to receive visions from God, the easier it gets. How do we go about seeing and hearing him? We need to relax and we need to get into right brain mode. This is the creative, less analytical side of our brain. And the use of music can help here. We see this in the Bible where both Elisha and David found music helpful in hearing from the Lord. Soaking also works very well, especially to instrumental music. Speaking or singing in tongues is also a proven right brain activity. And if you're smiling, then you're probably not striving. So soak and smile. And then the fourth key is to write it down. Then the Lord said, write it down. Or as in Revelation, it says, write in the book what you see. Now we encourage journaling, not only because of it brings the four keys together, but it's good to look back on. So I'd encourage you with your Bible, they don't have to be matching, that's just me. But um, have a journal, have a journal, have a notebook, or use your phone. Phones are a great way of recording journaling. You can text it, or you can dictate it. Oh, when I discovered that on the phone. But, but record it, record the things that God is saying. As I say, it's good to look back. And what you're doing is you're simply writing down what Jesus is saying to you as you quieten yourself down, as you fix your eyes on Jesus, and for those spontaneous thoughts to bubble up. A good place is to start by asking Jesus a question. I generally start with with, with saying to Lord, what do you want to say to me today? It's a good question to ask, and it can also be as simple as, Lord, what do you want to say to me about the Bible passage I'm reading? Or, Lord, how can I become more loving and write it down? And you will start to have spontaneous thoughts. Write down what you're hearing in a spontaneous flow. 
Journaling is a good way of practicing hearing God's voice. And sometimes we get it wrong, but the love of God just draws us back. A few other tips when journeying is submit your journey to two or three people who you trust and preferably those who are further along the journey and have more experience of you than hearing God. Keep your journaling in line with what you're responsible for. So for your family, your spouse, your walk with God, don't ask questions on someone else's behalf, like a leader in the country or something. Keep it about you because this is about your relationship with God. And don't make decisions purely based on your journaling. So if today you, hear, you, you suddenly see a, a map of a, a country, don't then book a flight tomorrow to go there. You know, God may be calling you there, but it all needs testing and lining up with the word, word of God. Practice, practice, practice. And just to recap on a few, few things, remember that hearing God's voice is like hearing our own thoughts. Hearing God's thoughts is often like hearing our own They are often light and gentle, and he'll speak to you in the first person. So he will say, I love you, I will help you. There is often more unusual content in his thoughts to us than our own thoughts about ourselves. He tends to be more kind, more loving, and definitely more more wise than we are. And then as you record what you hear, don't analyse it. If you have to pause to wait for the right word to express what God is saying, you've started to put it through that filter and you you started to analyse and second guess what God's going to say. At that moment, pause, get your focus and your eyes back onto Jesus and then you'll find that Jesus will start to talk to you again and you can write it down again. And he'll speak to you a lot about faith, hope and love and his words will be very encouraging and loving. For me, when he's speaking to me, he often starts by saying, my beautiful daughter. Now, that's not how I have tended to address myself. So I know it's God, and it gets my attention, and then I listen to what comes next. Or, as with this week, I had a creative flash, and an inspirational solution to something, and then another time, God was guiding me in something. So I was going to book something a while ago, and I didn't, and then the price had gone up. And temptation is to go, prices are just going to go up, but I felt to pause. I was mid-doing something this week, and I felt God to say, um, doing something in the house in the evening, I felt God say, go and look at that booking now. And it was half the price it had been originally, not without the raise. God guides, yeah? It's listening to that voice and having that awareness when, even when we're doing other things. Um, yeah, I just, I've been so touched and encouraged by the things that God has said to me. And I know they're him because it's not how I speak about myself. And also to be encouraged for things for this season, you know, things that God has shared with us for here, for um, the island and, and for us being leaders. I really don't know what I would do or be who I am today without his voice. It's such a precious thing. So as we move towards activating our listening, just a little recap of how can we know it's God, check it lines up with the Bible. If it contradicts the specific instructions of the Bible or the general pulse of the Bible or God's character, disregard it, okay, and keep it to scripture. Testing a word is so important. Test it lines up with the word of God and it must line up with the biblical principles of scripture. Does it line up with the character of God? And this is where our relationship with God is so key. 
line it up with the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 is the word that I'm hearing from God. Does it line up with that? And if a word leaves you afraid or anxious or unloved, then just throw it out. There will be times when God is guiding you and you can feel anxious about something, and that's where it's important to walk with someone on this. As you go on this journey of the prophetic, I encourage you to become expectant that you will hear him speaking. Tune in, inquire of the Lord, and when you can, write it down. Check it lines up with scripture and the character of God and all that we have shared here. If you're unsure, share it with someone like a life group leader, or you can send it to me, but do do that. These four keys are a useful tool, whether you're on your own or whether when we meet together. You know, those moments in worship, when we come to the end of singing and we we have those moments of God is speaking to you. Use these four keys in those moments to tune into the spontaneous flow of the Holy Spirit as the Father speaks. And know what is at the heart of the prophetic. And that is Father God and his loving heart. The heart of the prophetic is the heart of the Father. To love, to bless, to believe the best, to call into life. And and as I've said, everything we prophesy must be soaked in the goodness of God and his compassion towards us. As a response to this, we're going to do um, a prophetic activation and to do a practical application of this. But we're going to do it during communion. So while you're waiting to come forward for communion, Becca and the band are going to be playing some um, instrumental music and we encourage you to soak and listen to what God says and to write it down I've done if you haven't got by uh, journals or notebooks or pen I've done some little slips of paper which we'll hand out just before communion and so that you can record it so you can write down what the father is saying if you hear a word or a phrase that lines up with the bible and the loving words of God that's so good I know that there are some people in this room that are going to hear the Father tell them that he loves them for the first time this morning. I bless you in that. I bless you to hear him. So let's take note of what the Father is saying and let God love on you today. As we go into communion, I will remind you quickly of the four keys, but in finishing, can I invite you to stand as we pray together? Father, I thank you for the precious gift of hearing your voice. We choose to believe that you speak to us and that we can hear you. And we ask that you will awaken in us today. Awaken this in us today. Please open the eyes of our hearts as we incline our ear to hear your whisper. And we pray above everything else that we would have a hunger to see you, to hear you, and to know you more and deeper than we have before. Holy Spirit, will you cleanse the eyes of our hearts? Will you restore our vision and our imagination? And God, I pray that you would open everyone's ears and eyes to see you and hear you in the mighty name of Jesus.